Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My name is Richard Bliss. I'm the host. This is episode 101, and it's our first episode that we're recording in our new year. Uh, We started a little over a year ago this week, and uh, I'm thrilled to be able to uh, say after a year we're still going. And my guest tonight is someone who uh, backed our original Kickstarter project back when we first started the podcast going, and I want to say thank you and welcome Michael Keller to the show. Michael, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on, Richard. As, as someone who's been listening to the show since the beginning, um, it's auspicious to be on this episode. <laughs> Stop. It's not. We've had a lot of fun, and it's great. And I, and I expressed this to you before the call, and I'll do it here on air. Thank you very much for your very generous support early on when we first got this thing going. And so it's been kind of fun. We've kind of done this together, haven't we? It's, it's been interesting uh, just learn, to hear you explore this space when no one else was doing so. Yeah, it certainly has changed. I was just thinking about over the past year, uh, things have changed dramatically, that there's so much, uh, you know, so much now known that we didn't know before. And you know, people... People are still coming in new. They're still learning it. But now there's kind of these, I think you said it, uh, patterns, right? Right. And so we're, we have you on the show because you have launched your Kickstarter project that you uh, started thinking about, what would you say, back, uh, back in March. Right. I, I had been uh, pitching a, my game to, to publishers for a little over a year and, you know, after – at, at a certain point, I, I decided, okay, it's time to, I believe in this. It's time to pull the trigger and do it myself. So let's, let's tell our listeners, um, you are the founder of uh, Visible Hand Games. That's, uh, and the blog, is it, do you have a visiblehandgames.com? Yes. Okay, so visiblehandgames.com. It's VH Games on Facebook, and it's VH Games, plural, right, on Twitter? Yes, yes. And then you have a blog that is, you told me, gamedesignerwannabe.com. Right. And I've been uh, writing on there since I uh, decided to try to start designing uh, a little over eight years ago. So you've been blogging on there about game design for eight years. Yep. It's, uh, I've, when I, occasionally I'll look back at my old posts and see just how bad a designer I was back then. Well... And let's talk about that because somebody noticed and you have been one of your future games, not this one that uh, we're going to talk about here that's on Kickstarter, but one of your other games has actually been picked up by a publisher, right? Uh, Yes. Uh, A game of mine now called Captains of Industry has been uh, picked up by Tasty Minstrel and it's uh, slated for publication sometime next year. Well, that's very cool. And they found you because of the blog. Right. Seth, Seth Jaffe apparently was uh, reading my blog for a while, and he, he liked the description. Um, so he contacted me a few years ago, and we've been slowly refining it ever since, and they're, they're finally ready to move ahead with it. So um, if there are any game designers out there looking, for, uh, lo- looking to get the attention of a publisher, I, I definitely don't, don't hide your designs. Talk about them far and wide. Right. And... and uh... And so let's talk about your game design far and wide. We are talking about, tell us about the game. So City Hall is a game about running for mayor of New York during the Great Depression. And it's a city building game with role selection. But instead of uh, normal role selection where whatever you select, you take that action. 
In this game, you have to defend your selections as other players will be bidding their influence to take it away from you. And then your decision is you either have to spend your influence to keep it or let them buy out your turn but collect their influence for the future. So it's got simulates a bit of the political, yeah, uh, back, uh, political back and forth. Well, that sounds, that sounds very interesting. This is your game that you've designed. Yep. Let's talk about the, uh, um, by trade, you are a software product manager. Is that correct? That's correct. So that skill set come into play here as you got ready to do this? Absolutely. Um, obviously, there, there are uh, major differences between a physical product and web-based software. However, the, a lot of the skills in managing a software product, such as uh, uh, plan, uh, planning, resource allocation, um, uh, promotion, come into, definitely come into play with uh, producing a game. What also comes into play, and uh, we'll just touch lightly on this, even though it's a very serious topic, you're located in Long Island City, New York. That's correct. Across the... Uh, I'm right on the East River, yeah. Right on the East River, right across from Manhattan. And your offices are where, are on, what'd you say, 34th Street in Manhattan? Yep, 34th and Park. So with Hurricane Sandy happening right in the middle of you launching your Kickstarter project, you were telling me, so what happened at work? Well, uh, our office building was right on the, the border of uh, Man- where Manhattan lost power. So uh, for a whole week, uh, the, 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 work, uh, the office was out of commission. And so you got to and, – and people are like, hey, cool, you get to work from home. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, less, it's less cool when you're, when you're forced to work from home because you're stranded and the subway's down and there's you know, um, so many terrible things happening across the city. Um, and there are also, you know, it's also hardship trying to work when the infrastructure was uh, taken out. What does that mean? The infrastructure was taken out. So, because power was lost, we we lost all of our servers at work, and that that meant that you know we had we had to send people forty stories up to take servers down and drive them out of the city. And so, during you know until that was done, uh, we we were semi paralyzed in terms of you know working with our clients. Gmail, everybody's using their Gmail accounts to send files back and forth. Uh, we we yeah we they had to come up with uh, the you know let out of the blue a contingency email system that was um, substandard and uh, yeah and I was forced to re- uh, use my personal account for some things now the good news is is that because I reached out to you uh, right right around that time just to make sure you were okay because I heard Long Island uh, you're just you're just south uh, southwest of LaGuardia right down in that side of the island right you're not further, and- further out where they've just been hit so hard no, we, we, we have been very lucky, and I, I, have, you know, I have friends who are further out on Long Island um, who, who are, were, were out of power you know, a week after the storm, and um, then, you know, then a second storm comes and hits us again. With snow. With snow. And, I, saw, uh, I saw a Facebook post of one of my friends who's in New Jersey who commented that out in front of his street, all the power lines are crisscrossing the street because they're still down. And now they've got a couple of inches of snow on top of it, and he's like, "How are the snow plows going to get that?" Yeah, it's it's pretty 
horrifying. It is. And so right in the middle of all of that, uh, you launch a Kickstarter project, City Hall, and it did pretty good right out of the gate. Yes. Um, one of the things I've learned from the show is just how important your personal network is. And over time, not just friends and family, but you know, reaching out and, and meeting other designers um, and other members of the board game community, I've created, you know, that, that personal network was definitely responsible for, you know, a very, very strong first day for the project. And so now uh, some of the preparations that you've done, as of the recording of this, you're about headed off to uh, BGG Con, Board Game Geek Con in Texas, right? That's right. I head out in uh, two days from that, or three days from that, four days. I'm, <laughs> right, it's when it, I'm all out of sorts. And how are you getting there? Is LaGuardia open now? Uh, yes. Okay, so you're going to fly out of LaGuardia. Yep. Um, and let's hope that, uh, that Texas doesn't get hit with an ice storm. You know, I've flown into Dallas. Oh, uh, don't. Right? It's, don't jinx me, man. <laughs> it can be bad, right? Because uh, we're still technically in hurricane season. Oh, don't say such things. I know. It's, okay. Okay. We'll pull that. Oh, I take that back. We'll take that back. But this is one of the things that you actually purposely planned your Kickstarter project, this game, to, uh, to kind of deal with, uh, not deal with, but take advantage of board game BGGCon, right? Right. So when I decided to do this on my own, I, I thought about when the best time to do it was. And one of the things your show has talked about is the mistake, the, the worst mistake you can make is promoting, is waiting until after your project begins to actually promote it. So what I decided to do was take advantage of the board game convention season and have that be, uh, be the foundation of my project timeline, culminating with BGGCon. Uh, in November. And so um, starting at Dexcon in July 4th weekend, and then WBC, Gen Con, Metatopia, I've been taking the game to these conventions and showing it off in preparation for the launch. And then I launch at the start of, at the end of October, it runs through the end of November, and BGGCon is smack dab in the middle there, right where the normal, the, the quiet space for a Kickstarter project is. And so I figure if, it's, if I'm at that convention right in the, the, what's usually the worst phase of the project, that'll help give it the, the boost right before the end. I think, and I think that's a great, a great plan. We saw last year, before we kind of all knew what was going on, we saw those games that got some good exposure during the con season, really, that really helped them uh, with their funding as we entered into the November-December uh, funding level. You've got a little bit of bad luck. Uh, the weather kind of uh, didn't allow you to cooperate, but you know, hopefully you'll be able to get out there and get some exposure. Well, I'm, I'm certainly hopeful for it. And you know, the people who go to BGGCon love board games as much as anyone. So I'm, I'm hopeful that when they take a look at it, they'll, they'll generate some buzz. Well, I think so. I'm intrigued by it. So tell me about this mechanic. Are, Compare this to, are we talking about, what's another game where it's a roll, like, a, is it like Puerto Rico or, or San Juan where you're pulling a roll out? How does that work? Um, so it's like Puerto Rico, it has uh, rolls and each person can only do one roll per round. But um, towards the end, towards right before I began the, my, uh, my, my push this year, uh, a friend of mine who had been bugging me to... Uh, 
play Goa for a while uh, okay. because she she played City Hall, and I, I finally this year played Goa, and it turns out that Goa actually has a very similar mechanic where your whatever you select of of you you can put various items up for auction, and then you're the auctioneer and you either have to accept someone else's bid or match it. So it turns out Goa has has a similar mechanic. So that's what I would uh, compare it to. It's it's Goa with a less, let, let's say, a, a stronger theme. A and where, where, political thing, right? Right. Okay. And uh, you've uh, and your other one, Titans. No, not Titans of Industry. That's uh, our Gozer game folks. Uh, Captains, Captains of Industry. Captains of Industry. <laughs> so Gozer Games just got a plug for their Titans of Industry. Uh, yeah. So, uh, There's a story. Is there a story there? We can, we can, yeah. Oh. The, the people who have been reading my blog know about it, so okay. if, if people are interested, they can read there. All right, so we'll send them over there to, uh, to talk about that. Uh, is this a th- particular theme that you like? I mean, you're, you're a native of New York, right? You went to school in New York? Yep, bo- uh, born and raised. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hometown boy. Um, I, 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 I love New York, and um, the to be able to make a game about it and has this, you know, a special meaning. Well, and I love New York. My wife and I have been to New York many times. Uh, I've taken almost all my daughters at one time to, uh, to see Wicked on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just kind of one of the things with five daughters. It, it, we'd stay at Marriott in Times Square, do the carriage ride through Central Park, you know, do the, the daughter thing. So it's, it's been a lot of fun and just absolutely love it. Uh, and so I can understand uh, wanting to create some games around that. You have a, uh, your life, your real job, when it's not in the dark, is uh, doing this software development, but on the, uh, how, how involved are you thinking that you want to see your game development? Is this something that's really, uh, that you really want to pursue? If, you know, if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would, I would retire and do board game design, um, wow. but I. I that, answers the, that answers the question right there. Uh, I guess that's the way I should ask it. If you won the lottery tomorrow, and that's what you do, huh? What, what, I, is it, what is it about board game design that you find so fascinating? Um, just I, I've always been fascinated by how people interact with systems, and so when I was introduced to. Uh, your, the, the existence of you know designer games uh, by my friend Andrew Parks, uh, designer of Core Worlds, uh, you know almost a decade ago. Sure. Just to, just to see how an interesting game could could draw people in and, and make them have to really think about it when when I'd only ever seen before then just very simple games that weren't uh, engaging. So. In designing a game, you're not only interacting with the system, analyzing it, trying to figure out the best way to, to work within that system, but when you're designing a game, you're making the system. And so you have to reverse your thinking. You have to think about how other people will interact with that system. And that's, that's a much more difficult and much more interesting challenge even than, than playing one of these great board games. And so that's, that's why I love designing. You know, I've always said, because I'm in the software industry as well, here in Silicon Valley, uh, that board games are analog. Instead of a digital software, they're analog software. And the human being is basically the OS, right? We're the, we're, we're the ones that make it go. 
Uh, and that's what it is. It's building. And there's so many people who are in the software side. Uh, you know, I think of Matt Leacock, who's done Pandemic and Forbidden Island. He's, you know, he's here uh, just down the street in Sunnyvale. Uh, you've got the Days of Wonder guys. They're all software guys. There just seems to be a, a close tie of Farmageddon. Uh, right. And when, when you're making a game, you're, you're not just making the rules, which, which is equivalent to the code. Right. But you also have to make an interface. You have to make that interface both, both pleasing and present information to the user in a way that they can then manipulate things intelligently. Right, right. And uh, it is frustrating to pick up a game that has a beautiful interface, uh, very intriguing theme, and then uh, frustratingly poor play. Right, so you have to, it's a marriage of skills, which is very difficult. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, math, I'm a math guy, so I, I you know, the, the rules aspect of it is where I'm strongest, but then I have to figure out a way to present the, the UI of the game to, to the users, which, um, you know, has been something I've, I've grown over the years, and I, I think I finally got, got it down. So how much of this was a solo, how much of City Hall is a solo project versus uh, bringing and using other resources? Well, the, the design of the rules... Um, it's, it's, I don't even want to say that any, any part of it was solo because even for the design of the rules where I, I was making all the decisions, my playtesters were an invaluable resource. Both, both friends and other designers I met through the New York City Game Designer Group. Um, if, if you don't realize that the designing, that even if it's your game, that it's still a collaborative effort with uh, other people, you're going to go off track. Um, and then for when I was finally ready to pull the trigger on this, I, I reached out, um, uh, got a reference for an artist, uh, Ariel Sion, who has, has done a couple other games, and he's done a, a phenomenal job with the art and graphic design for City Hall, and it, it makes me very proud to see, you know, a game that I'm. Uh, that, that I feel plays very well to also have uh, such a beautiful package around it. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to it. So as we, as we wrap up time here, um, I'm going to ask our listeners to be on the lookout to go visit uh, Kickstarter and back City Hall uh, so we can have this game be successful. Also to look on your Twitter handle, VH Games. Uh, on Facebook and on my Twitter handle, Game Whisperer. If they go out and take a look, I think we're going to put together, Michael. Let's have some fun. Let's go, let's find a little contest to uh, uh, to drum this up. I know that everybody's been distracted by the events of Sandy, by uh, a lot of other things going on. But let's. I'm going to invite the backers to go out, keep a lookout for your Twitter handle, my Twitter handle, and the uh, Facebook page here. And we'll put together some uh, fun little contest and see what we can come with, up with. What do you think? That sounds great. All right, so if anybody's listening, this is going to go live um, probably the day before uh, BGG, two days before BGG, so we'll have uh, encourage people. If you're listening and you're going to be at BGG.com, be sure to stop by and visit Michael Keller, who's with Visible Hand Games. Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you again for having me, Richard. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, episode 101. Keep an eye out on the Game Whisperer website as well as our Twitter handle. Also for our upcoming Crowdfunding Academy, an opportunity for you to gain even more exposure, interest, and education about how to launch and successfully manage your Kickstarter project. You can find that more information on thegamewhisperer.com 
or following my Twitter handle, Game Whisperer. Thanks for listening. We hope you found something inspiring. And, uh, one of the things that lessons I've learned from this is don't launch a Kickstarter project in the middle of a hurricane. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.